Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. everybody and welcome back to Roaring 20s podcast. Today we have on with us Emily Hayden. Emily is an IFBB bikini pro, a coach and a podcast host of the Evolve with Emily podcast. Welcome to the show, Emily. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. We're so excited. This is going to be a fun topic. Yeah, I'm stoked. Incredible. So before we get into it, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from and how old you are. Cool. Oh, well, okay. You should never ask a lady her age. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. I'm totally kidding. And it's actually perfect that you guys are interviewing me because I'm 29. I'll be 30 next month. So you guys are like, I'm all about it. I'm so excited to turn 30. Um, 30s are going to be just, I'm going to be thriving so much better than I was in my 20s. The 20s are part of like figuring it all out. So I'm really thankful for them. But I think you guys are probably getting some good insight because I've lived my 20s for almost 10 years now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm 29 years old. I currently, as a a few weeks ago, live in Houston, Texas. I actually was born and raised here and then I moved to LA and I lived in LA for about seven years. Absolutely love it out there. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm an IFBB Bikini Pro. I've competed over 20 times. I have uh, three main sponsorships with First Form Athlete and Icon Meals. So I'm absolutely incredible brands. I've been with all of them since the beginning. So I've really just, uh, loyalty is a really big thing to me, especially Mm -hmm. when you're with really incredible people and brands. And so I've stuck with them the whole time. I am a podcast host of the Evolve Emily Show. I also am a lifestyle and fitness YouTuber. I'm a lifestyle and mentorship coach um, where I offer a 90-day lifestyle, fitness, and nutrition um, mentorship program. So I have two coaches that worked for me within that, and they help with the execution of the fitness and the nutrition, allowing me to focus on the mindset mentorship, which I am just so incredibly passionate about. So yeah, that's a little insight into me and who I am, what I do. And ultimately, my brand Evolve and Evolve X is really just about accepting the uncomfortable parts of life, not just accepting it, but actually pushing into it Mm -hmm. and going forward that growth going for the challenge right it's seeing the challenge in front of you and seeing the easy option in front of you and always choosing to go towards head first into into the thing that scares you the most into the fear feeling the fear doing it anyways and overcoming so it's you know I have a lifestyle and a just a life of overcoming in my life and now what I've been able to do is to really give other people a roadmap of how to do that in their own lives and I it's the most beautiful thing in the world to me to be able to just help people walk on that journey for themselves and to kind of be there like side by side with them as they get to journey through that. So thank you guys for having me. And I'm, I'm really excited to get into our conversation today. Yeah. I mean, I, that's like, that's the twenties thing, like the scary thing after the scary thing after the next scary thing. And it's like, what are you, what are we going to do about it? You know what? I think even in the thirties, it's going to be the same. I don't think anyone knows what they're doing. I think you just get better at winging it. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. No, I'm sure so many people are like, oh, wow. Good, good thing she said that. That's <laughs> thank God. 
literally like being an adult is just googling it like if you can figure out the correct phrase to google that means you're a well-rounded adult that's it that is such a good analogy (laughs) you know like when you like google something like perfectly you get like it comes up in like the first three results but then google it kind of weird you might have to go like a few pages further phrase it yes yes like literally two weeks ago i was in this exact room, I'm in my podcast studio room right now. Um, and I was in this room trying to set these things up and I'm alone in the room, just trying to figure out what to Google. <laughs> How <laughs> like, do I translate my brain into this device? <laughs> yes. And now we, you can't see it, but we have a podcast room. <laughs> Incredible. So exciting. <laughs> no, seriously. We did a whole thing on evolving in general. I think the aspect of discipline can be so easily misinterpreted. Like it can be seen as, you know, there's no like self-love and all that stuff. But something that I've really learned from you is that discipline does equate to freedom um, just in a different way than we originally think of. So I'm excited to dive into all of that. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Like how did you first get into competing and how did you get to where you are today? That's such a great question. Um, People ask me that all the time. And I'm like, man, looking back, I just took the next right step. I didn't ever really know exactly where my trajectory was taking me. I was just always aware enough to recognize the opportunity that was in front of me. Mm -hmm. And then I had enough courage to just walk into that, whatever that looked like. So I was in the gym. I've always been in the gym. I've always been an athlete. Um, But I really started lifting for bodybuilding, I would say in, I want to say it was like, well, 2008 and then really serious by 2010. So, you know, now it's been around like 10 to 13 years of lifting. And basically I reached all of my goals inside of the gym. I did the highest box jump. I did the most amount of pull-ups that I could do. I was just reaching all these goals. And at that time, competing wasn't really popular around where I was just yet. And I didn't even have an Instagram. So it's not like I saw it on Instagram, but someone mentioned, they were like, Hey, maybe you should try competing. And I looked and I was like, those bikinis are so small. Like, I don't know if I could do that. (laughs) Right. And so I was kind of like apprehensive, but the more I learned about it, the more I was like, you know what, I just want to try it and see how it goes. So I tried it. I did well. I fell in love with it. And I was like, you know what, I want to continue to do this. And then it was from really just from the beginning that I was like, I love this and I want to be a pro and I want to be a professional athlete. And this is the path that I'm taking. And from that point, I got into fitness industry. I opened my Instagram account in 2013 at my first show. Um, My friends were like, yeah, you don't use Instagram. I was like, what's Instagram? You know, I was like, don't you just add filters to your photos there? Um, So, and then I started posting on Instagram and back then it was really awesome. It's such a crazy concept, but you could post and whoever was following, following you would actually see your posts. And also if you posted something valuable and people liked it and commented on it, more people would see it. It was just like the most natural. There was no, none of these like algorithms that you had to trick none there was no ads it was so natural and organic and back then I learned that if I showed up and provided value on a consistent basis and I really put my efforts into it it was direct directly correlated to my growth so all of a sudden my Instagram account started growing by the thousands every single day like I was getting a thousand real followers the interaction was insane like the amount of like comments and likes and Um, DMs. And it was just people saying like, wow, this is really helping me. Thank you for sharing that. And so then I would take that as feedback and say, okay, I'll just, I'll post more of that. 
And I got to a point where I was posting three times a day, which now definitely is overkill, right? But like back then there weren't that many content producers. So it actually really aided in my growth as a content producer. Um, And I remember, I remember hitting like, I think it was like 6,000 followers. And my dad was like, you have 6,000 people (laughs) following you. And like back then that was like a big deal, right? And I was like, that's crazy, right? So um, the climb was a lot of fun and I'm still in the climb for sure. But like that beginning part of my climb was just like so exciting and so fun. And I did a few shows. Um, I did my first few um, amateur shows, one in California. And then I started getting booked for like fitness magazines. I've been in oxygen magazine multiple times, which is like such a dream come true for me. I remember, you know, when that happened, I was just like, it, it was like one of the best feelings in the world because I'd always like had a dream of having that happen. So I flew out to California and then I was like oh my gosh California is so beautiful I love the beach I love the weather I have to live here one day and so I made it a goal and then the opportunity came up to move and I was like you know what I might fail flat on my face but I'm gonna try Mm -hmm. and so I moved from Texas to California with the full knowing that I might come back completely broke and I might have to come back within the first year like I've signed a year lease so I'm gonna do it for a year I'm gonna give it everything that I have and if I fail on my face I'll get a job at Starbucks and I'll start over like I'll get any job you know move back to Texas and it'll it'll be fine and I went out and I booked more jobs I launched my online coaching business because I had such a platform with Instagram and I didn't fall flat on my face um I loved it I you know really improved I turned professional in 2016 I started my um YouTube account and started documenting my preps that really just grew an entire separate audience which was really incredible I then opened my podcast. Like I just kind of, it's funny because me and my brand evolved so much over time, you know? And so I just always took that next right step to, you know, now, now I'm here. And and it wasn't like I did all these things with the intention of having all these platforms like Instagram and YouTube and podcasting, but it was just like the next move. And, And what I realized for me is that each platform gives me a different ability to show a different side of myself to my audience. So for example, on Instagram, it might be a little bit different. Whereas in my podcast, I can sit there and people literally just are here to listen. So I can go deep, you know, and I can say all the things I want to say. And I realized that on my YouTube channel, it's more of a visual platform. People want to be appeased visually and they, they like it a little bit faster. Um, so they're not as willing to sit there and just listen to like a 30 minute talk. So I felt capped. I felt like I couldn't really show all of myself to my audience. So that's when I was like, you know what? I need to go into my podcast because then I can say everything I've wanted to say to them. Mm-hmm. And it is. So it's so beautiful because they each have such a different purpose in my life. And that's why like I, even though I love them all so differently, I don't feel like I could stop any of them because mm-hmm. I just, yeah. they all have their place in my life and they all have such a place in my heart. But yeah, that's a little bit about how I got started and kind of what brought me to where I'm at today. Um, and I didn't really mention, but I loved LA. I spent seven years of my life there and it was um, such a transformational part of my journey and of my life. And I'm forever thankful for it. And life just redirected me back to Houston, Texas. And I have not been this happy. I don't think in my entire life or peaceful, like it's just, I'm so happy. I have a beautiful home here and this now feels like home. And that just kind of shows you to never grip, never grip onto anything too tightly, whether it's a location it's a person or it's something you're experiencing in your life, experience it and then recognize when that changes and be willing and brave enough to make that change. You know, it it was a big leap 
to make a leap from California, the thing that I've loved for seven years, back to Texas. It was a huge leap and there's definitely feel, fear there. But I knew that in my life that it was time to make that change. So I just took the leap anyways. And I'm so, so glad that I did. Change can be really scary. I think it's one of those things that I don't know if it ever gets less scary. I mean, maybe the more that you practice, but it's it's just one of those things, even when you know that it's for the better, yes. even when you yes. know like this is the right change. I mean, Brenna, we're just talking about this like even when you know it's still always a little bit hard for sure and like you're saying it really just takes practice but something else that really helps is community even if that one even if it's just one person I always say you don't really need a lot of people but you do need that one person you know because if that one person can come alongside of you and say I know you're experiencing fear but girl I see it for you you can do this you got this like you will make it work even if you fail you'll get up I'll be right there with you you know so just having that little like one person that you can go to to really support you in that I think can be so powerful so it's really great that you guys have each other yeah it is we're very lucky and that's a really such a good tip you are very big on excellence what does excellence mean to you and how do you incorporate that and what that means into your everyday life oh man there's so many directions I want to go with this but excellence to me very big difference between excellence and perfection. Perfection says I have to get it perfect. And if I don't get it perfect, then I'm a failure. And there's this distorted version or this distorted way of thinking to think that you can be perfect when in reality, nobody is perfect. So it's setting yourself up for failure. And it's actually setting yourself up for setback. Whereas if you say excellence, excellence is actually what I'm called to. I believe that if we have breath inside of our lungs and a beat inside of our chest, we are to be the most excellent version of ourselves. I think it's such a good heart posture check because there's so many people living just, you know, being less than their most excellent self. And I think that it's such a dishonor to the people that have died before us, because if we have the opportunity of life, we better take it with everything that we have and give it 100% of every single thing that we have. So what I like to do is create a habit of daily excellence. And daily excellence means every single day, I'm going to show up and give my 100% for that day. may not be the 100% PR version of me, like a personal record version of me, right? Maybe it's a day where you feel a little bit down. Maybe it's a day where you're having a hard mental health day. And so your daily excellence for that day is going to look different than your all time best excellence. So I think focusing on daily excellence, given the context of that day is what sets you up for success and sets you up for a habit and a lifestyle and a way of living your life that you can live your life that way no matter what's happening. Um, Whereas if you focus on being perfect or focus on that personal record version of yourself, you're setting yourself up with for so much failure, you know, because there's so many days when I wake up even as a professional athlete and like my body's not feeling up to par or I can't lift the weight that I normally lift or, you know, so many different factors happening. Maybe it's like a mental health day. And if I were to expect Uh, or have these expectations of myself of always performing at that level at that perfect, you know, perfect level, or whatever it is, I would always be setting myself up for, for failure and where your mind and your thoughts go, your body follows. So if I'm not living up to my expectations and I feel like I'm a failure all the time, I'm going to be thinking that that's going to be manifesting in my life. And then it's just this whole cycle. So by focusing on daily excellence, which is just giving your best given that day, you're cultivating this habit and this lifestyle of excellence, which I believe is what actually takes you to wherever it is that you want to go. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That was so well said. And I think the fact that you could 
compare, like compare that to perfectionism is so powerful because I think a lot, that's something a lot of people struggle with. Like I know we have a tendency to compare ourselves to our, a version of ourselves from a year ago, two years ago, yesterday, the day before. And I think that it's, it's a good thing to have like barometers and standards for ourselves, ourselves, but to have this specific expectation of, you know, performing in a certain way every single day adds so much pressure. And I think that what I love about your mission and the stuff that you share with your audience is that you, the choices that you encourage people to make are out of of choosing to honor yourself, not because you're supposed to, not because, you know, somebody else told you to, but because you are worthy of honoring yourself with those things. And I think that that type of mindset just totally shifts the the approach in which people have and, and also coming along with consistency. I listened to Andy's podcast and I actually, I send it to Julia all, all the time. I'm like, you need to listen to this one. You need to listen to this one. And consistency is like such a huge aspect of the stuff that they talk about. Mm-hmm. And it's just so powerful. So kind of going off of the discipline thing it's something that so many people want but they struggle to incorporate slash like stay consistent with so for someone that's like I want to be consistent I want to be disciplined and feel that where the heck do I start what would you say to them such a good question and you mentioned something earlier about discipline that I wanted to touch on talking about um, discipline in in relation to self-love and Mm -hmm. I actually think that discipline is the highest form of self-love because of what it produces in your life and because of what it produces on the inside being disciplined is always the harder option it's never the easy option out and so in the moment Moment, it may not feel like a, a instant gratification type of self-love, right? Like people think self-love is I'm just going to eat all this junk food, right? And then later they feel bad about themselves. My version of self-love is what is the future version of, of myself going to thank me for? And that is the option that I want to take. So seeing this self-love, you got to play it all the way through, play the movie all the way through, not what's going to make me happy right now or make me feel good right now, but what's going to make me feel good tomorrow and also next week. And that's the option that I want to take. So back to your question of how do I cultivate this discipline? uh, The number one thing that people are going to need is accountability. So I actually went to school and I ended up graduating with a degree in sociology and we studied the science of why people adhere to a program and why they do not. And it was so interesting to me. And it's funny because I always thought like, oh, you know, never really use that. But I actually use my degree all the time Um, because, yeah, it's accountability and it's community. And 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 then at the end of the day, it's a personal decision. You have to make that decision. Nobody else can make that decision for you. Not a coach, not a mentor, not a friend, not a workout partner. You're the one that has to make the decision. And so I think by you setting yourself up for success with accountability, with a program or something to adhere to and then ultimately just making that decision that's how you do it and then when you mess up and when you fall short of your target choosing to get back up and choosing okay I need to practice getting back up again and I need to shorten the time of missing the target and getting back up because a lot of people will miss the target and then they shy away and they freak out because they weren't perfect and it's like yo nobody's perfect like just get back up and get right back on track so really just cultivating a habit of practicing discipline it's funny because people they want to learn to practice guitar right they want to learn how to play so they know they're very aware they're not going to pick up a guitar and play a song the first time they're very aware that they have to learn the chords and then they're going to get a chord wrong and then they have to practice again same thing when you're trying to build these really strong character traits inside of yourself like discipline and you know all these other things that um, are going to help you with your goals you have to allow yourself the room and the time to practice and to get stronger in these ways 
Same thing when you're doing squats, you're not going to go and lift 200 pounds your first time. Like you're going to start with the bar, right? And then after you do the bar, you're going to add little like five pounds on each side and you're slowly going to build up. Allow yourself that time and space to slowly build your discipline muscle. Mm, that's so well said. And would you mind talking about, I, I find it to be, it's like so like simple, but fascinating and helpful. You're like red light, green, green button and, and red button that you talk about. Absolutely. So in my podcast and just in life in general, I, something that's just really helped me in my life that I love to share with other people is this concept of always in life. You have so many choices that you're making every single day. And a lot of people go throughout their life, not realizing how many decisions they are unconsciously making. So number one, bringing your awareness to the fact that you are always choosing something, whether it's something as simple as what to wear for the day, or it's something like what you're going to put in your body to fuel your body. Um, or it's, you know, any other of the other decisions that you're going to make. But I always say, imagine that you have a green light in your right, in your right hand, and then a red light or a red button in your left hand. And every single time that you're presented with a decision, ask yourself, am I going to choose the green option? And the green option takes you to your goal. It's aligned with your goals. It's aligned with the highest version of yourself. What would the highest version of yourself do in this moment? That's the green button. The red button is the easy way out. It's often the easy choice, the easy option, but it's not aligned with your goals. It's not aligned with the highest version of yourself. It's aligned with a version of you that is comfortable living and where you're already at and not seeking growth. So if in really difficult moments in life, you can just literally take out your right hand and take out your left hand and look down and say, which button am I going to press? And then that places such responsibility and such intention on what you're doing. A lot of people they don't want to intentionally press the red button. So if you can really like just bring your awareness to this and then literally like if you have to, when you start practicing this, actually put your hands out and press your right hand, go ahead and do it. Like go ahead and do it and, and make it such a real tangible decision that you're doing so that you take it from this unconscious pattern into this very intentional decision. And this really just goes into what I talk about all the time, which is just intentional living. The more intentional that you can live your life, the more likely you are to live your life in a way that is aligned with the highest version of you. I feel lazy sometimes. I'm unmotivated sometimes, but I always have to ask myself, which version of me is coming out? Is it the lower version of me that wants to stay where I'm at and not seek that growth and uncomfortability? Or is the higher version of me here too? And what would the highest version of me do? What is, you know, I always think about my future self, like 10 years from now, Emily, where is she at? And what is she doing? How is she operating? How is she thinking, speaking, communicating? And what kind of decisions would she make? And would I make her proud right now? Because that's what I seek to do is to make that future version of myself proud. So always choosing that green option. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for explaining the what the green is and what the red is because I think sometimes we hear things like that and you're like but how do I know what the green is and what the red is like so totally. I, I think that those were a wonderful explanation of like uh, aligning with your higher self your goals what you want for yourself um and it, it reminds me of like that thing that they that I think it's Michael Jordan about like the practicing like you play like if you mm -hmm practice like it's a real game every time you get out on the court to practice you're you're ultimately going to play better yeah 100 percent. and it's like practicing excellence in the little things makes 
practicing excellence when it comes to the big things much easier. Yes. Oh my gosh. What you're saying is so impactful because people see certain things in life as insignificant, whether it's just an interaction Mm -hmm. or it's um, a decision that they're making, it just seems insignificant. But what they don't realize is that by making those small moments insignificant, you're practicing what you're going to do in these significant moments. So what you're saying is so powerful. I totally agree. And I think people should really raise their awareness to like really making each moment special. Like what if you reached out to someone via email and you thought it was insignificant. So you were just really sloppy with it and like, you know, didn't give it your, your best effort, even as something as simple as an email. And then later that person ends up being like, you know, the CEO of this company, that you would like to be working with Mm. you know what if you had taken your time to really make that first email very intentional and professional and what kind of impression would you have had upon them so whether it's an email a little conversation or whatever it is it none of it is insignificant it's all so important because the other thing is like we only get one day at a time and you never know like what if this is your last interaction your last interview your last whatever like how do you want to be remembered as Mm. um and I know that like kind of takes it pretty serious but uh, you know, not everyone wakes up the next day. So it's just, again, going back to like living your life so intentionally, so purposefully and as the 100% version of yourself. Yeah. I, I love that. I totally agree. And Brenda and I have been talking so much about intentional living um, on all aspects. And I'm curious for the days that maybe you weren't as intentional as you wish you were, or you, you could have done the better email or your body was tired and you could have done the better workout. How do you deal with your your self-talk in those moments? Like, how do you not, I feel like a lot of people who do want to live so excellent, excellently, who do live very intentionally, it can be very easy when we fall short of the expectations we have of ourselves to then beat ourselves up. How do you navigate that? And what advice would you give to someone who often defaults to beating themselves up when they don't feel they're living to their their highest potential? Yeah, such a good question. I absolutely deal with this as well as somebody who strives for excellence in everything that I do. When I fall short, of course, like a lot of us are so hard on ourselves. So I think there is one aspect of absolutely taking responsibility, like, oh, I really fell short today. But then I always say, um, if there is any sort of negative talk or negative self-belief that is occurring, I get 10 seconds to let it rip. And I let it rip, you know, give yourself that 10 second, like little moment of like, what thoughts am I having? Okay, let me just say it. Yeah, Emily, you were lazy AF today. Like what happened? You really fell short. You, I know you could have done better, that kind of thing. Like, let it out for 10 seconds. After 10 seconds, you need to qualify what thoughts you're allowing into your mind. Um, because, and I, I allow that space for the 10 seconds because we're not robots and we're not just gonna like be positive all the time. I think that's a little fake. Um, So I think allowing us that space to be human and to feel what we're feeling and to have that like, man, I just really suck today. But then to be intentional about now, what am I allowing myself to focus on? And are the thoughts that I'm allowing myself to focus on, are they what I want to manifest in my life? Do I want to manifest being lazy and missing the target? No, I don't. So why would I allow my thoughts to focus on that? Because once you realize that where your thoughts go, that's what you manifest into your life. That raises your awareness to say, sure, I might have fall short, but I can't allow my thoughts to continue there, or that's exactly what will happen. That's what will become my pattern. So again, being intentional, not just about how you live, but also how you think. 
That is so powerful. Like seriously, because I think so many of us like relevant to me today, even, you know, we can be so hard on ourselves and I think stay stuck in that mindset where it's like, okay, you made it, you had a misstep. Right. And then it's like, we suffer for the rest of the day. Maybe yeah. the day. like you <laughs> suffer more than once. <laughs> yes. You really it's so really- true. Um, there was this quote once, uh, I don't exactly remember the quote, but the overarching idea of it was we're really only meant to suffer certain things like once, like in the moment. Mm-hmm. And yet sometimes we will choose to suffer about that one thing, like 10 different times, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like we make ourselves crazy by doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's, uh, yeah, it's really impactful that you say that because I agree. I think it's, you know, we got to recognize it, feel what we're feeling and then move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that really helps too, cause sometimes it's really hard to get out of your own head is just to change your state. So like if I'm at my computer and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've been working all day. What did I actually get done? You suck. Did you actually make improvements? And there's no tangible results. Like I totally get there a lot I'll be like you know what five minute ten minute break I'll go outside I'll go for a walk or I'll go play with my dog or I will I'll get on TikTok and watch funny TikToks and try to just laugh I think laughter is the best medicine like I love to laugh and anytime I can turn on like a little comedic skit or watch something totally dumb and brainless I am for it. (laughs) I love that. And because the truth of the matter is, is like we can't always control where our mind goes or where our thoughts go in the moment, but we can control how long we let our minds stay there. And I think that that is, you know, sometimes easier said than done, but being aware that 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 is where we hold the power and where we don't. And I love that about changing your state. Like that literally happened to me today. Today I was like doing something and then I got a bad thought in my mind and then it was going and it was going and it was going. And then I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I need to go for a walk. Not today. Not today. (laughs) We're not, this is not serving me. We're going to go for a walk. And it changed my whole day. And it's, yeah. And you know, sometimes, sometimes maybe you need to walk for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, (laughs) but just like, I love that just changing the state. And, and I think the biggest thing that I have really been working on is understanding that I can't always control that, that my mind, I'm never going to be a perfect human that my mind doesn't sometimes go there, but I can work towards keeping my mind there for less time. Yeah. So spot on. So spot on. And kind of going off of that, Drew, I think something that Emily, I really like appreciate and respect about what you do is you share the human side of yourself too. And obviously you're you're human, like we know that logically, but I think when you see such a high achiever like yourself, sometimes it's easy to paint this picture that like, man, like she's mastered every aspect of her mindset. And like, you know, she doesn't have off days, you know what I mean? So I think that just like sometimes showing that other side too of, you know, she does have those moments, but guess what? She's trained herself in such a wonderful capacity to be able to shift that when it does come up and you're just better prepared for those moments. I think not only does it show people this other side of you as well but I think gives them hope that they're able to do the same totally and in my mind I'm kind of like how how do they think that I know how to speak on these things like I didn't read books about these things like you know like I experienced it like I understand because I've been there like and not just have I been there in the past but I experienced that still so just like what you're saying is like you just get better at dealing with it just yesterday I got in my head in the morning and like I you know it's work related and you know I'm having the same thoughts that you guys are probably having of like 
I'm not where I should be. I'm behind. And I'm actually about to do a podcast right after this on um, being paralyzed by your potential, by your awareness of your potential, because sometimes you're fully aware of your full potential. And then sometimes that can actually paralyze you or um, get you in a negative headspace for not being there yet. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a trap that we fall into too. So stay tuned for that podcast. That's a good one. Cause I think that's the other twenties thing. I think like yeah. the, the potential is that is like twenties. And we had, the author from the defining decade on and she has like a whole chapter in her book about that about oh, no yeah it's amazing you should read it um okay. defining decade it's so good but about how like what potential means in your 20s and it would take me forever to talk about it but very interesting topic so incredible topic for the podcast but cool. did you guys talk about it on the on your podcast yeah we touched on it okay yeah, yeah. well maybe you guys can link it below so that I can check it out and the listeners Definitely. check it out yeah. yeah, absolutely. That she's incredible. But on another note, coming back to the discipline thing, do you believe that like daily routine is important to discipline? And if you do, what tips do you have for people that want to start incorporating more routine into their lives? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think just like with anything that certain things will really work and benefit a person for a period of time. And then I think they'll have to grow and develop and evolve in that. Right. So whereas maybe in one season of my life, I was super married to my structure and my routine and other, you know, and that was really necessary to build the discipline in other aspects of my life. I'm really not huge on routine. Like I've, I've been able to kind of, I, what, how I see it is like, you can kind of graduate through levels of it. Right. So I think for beginners that are starting out and they want to build discipline, the best thing you could do is get on a very structured and routine um, program. So one of the first things that I do in my all the X coaching program is we actually focus on time management. And so we learn time management. We start scheduling out everything through Google calendar. They schedule in, you know, all the main priorities like work and appointments, their gym sessions, you know, on what day they're training, what, and exactly what times that they're committed to it. They have to show up for it. And that really helps people, the structure and the routine really helps people to show up for themselves and to just build that that routine of like, okay, this is my new pattern. This is my new lifestyle. And this is what I'm now deciding to do. Um, And then after you get through that, now the way that I see it is I kind of just have different ingredients to my life that make me my best. And so for me now, it's not always essential that I do it in the exact order or the exact routine, as long as I get those ingredients every single day. Yeah, that that makes so much sense. Um, And something that you said that stood out to me in terms of like the way that people shift the way that they act and you know eventually what they believe about themselves through those new routines and habits is just the power of identity I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day that there are you know areas in which we feel like we fall short areas in which we feel more insecure and those areas are where we start to feel this like buildup of pressure or whatever you want to call it like you know, I have been training a little bit more in the gym and stuff like that. And one of the things we're talking about, like identity and non-negotiables are things that we know about ourselves. And one of those things were like, I'm personally not a smoker. So if someone were to ask me at a party, like, Hey, do you, uh, would you like to smoke? Like, I just know my answer is no. Like I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't want a cigarette. Thank you. <laughs> um, where, when it comes to like, you know, someone who tries to convince you, let's say to not go to the gym, if it's not something that's deeply ingrained in your identity, there's more of this, like, back and forth, or let's say someone is being more mindful about their nutrition, someone offers you a piece of chocolate cake, if it's a place you don't feel so, you know, tied to your identity, there's this like, ah, 
maybe, you know what I mean? So I've just, the power of identity has just been something so like at the top of my mind and something that I feel like through your like courses and stuff like that, you deeply ingrain such a deeper identity and get so much clarity. Even if you were talking about like scheduling and stuff like that, getting clear on what you expect of yourself, the type of person you want to be and all that just makes all the difference. Yeah, for sure. Cause once you, once you realize that you have so much power over who you evolve into, then you kind of get to choose who do I want to be in this world? How do I want to show up? How do I want to show up for my friends, my family? You know, what kind of businesswoman do I want to be? What kind of partner do I want to be? Then it's like, okay, well, what are the actions that we need to take in order to start building and developing that into my life? Because, you know, I think there's a lot of people that may even be listening to this podcast and maybe they've made a lot of decisions in their life that they're not proud of. They don't have to, you're not, you're not defined by decisions that you made in your past. Like those don't define who you are. Right now you get the freedom and the ability to say, I want to choose a different path for my life. I want to choose something better for my life. Maybe it was something that they were born into and it was a lifestyle or it was a pattern that just was normal because of where they live or how they were raised. And it's like, that doesn't have to define who you are. All those things can shape you. They can even push you to where you were meant to go. But right now in this moment, you get to choose who you are. Not a parent, not a teacher, not a coach, not um, someone who was rude to you when you were younger, but like you get that power, that ability to say, this is who I decide to be. And then you get to go and walk that out. And guess what? At any point in time, you can change it. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's so powerful. And it's also kind of relevant to the next question that we wanted to ask you, because in the spirit of evolving and kind of shifting who you want to be and what you expect of yourself or even want out of your life and don't think is possible. Um, a lot of people in our audience have had a history of either like disordered relationships with food in their bodies or just a difficult one um, and our body image. And so do you believe that pursuing fitness goals is possible for everyone um, if they've had a, you know, a rocky history and how have you navigated this in your personal journey? Yeah, I think that for people who have had disordered eating patterns, um, the number one thing you could do is get a specialist that has dealt with that and has experience with that because they'll be able to guide you so much better than anyone else in there who's actually qualified. You know, other people aren't really qualified to help or speak on that, myself included. Um, so I would really recommend that they do that. But just in generally speaking, I have so many friends and clients and coaches and people that have dealt with disordered eating patterns who absolutely have been able to go after different fitness goals that they have. So I do believe that, yes, it's a possibility. I think it's just really important to make sure that you have the right people in your corner that can really speak to exactly whatever it is that you're dealing with. Even, you know, there's so many different disordered eating patterns, you know, whether it's an actual eating disorder, um, or it's like I was just mentioning, just a disordered eating or an unhealthy relationship with food, you know, it's actually really common and people deal with it, you know, I've dealt with it in my past, just a little bit of an unhealthy relationship with food. I've gone through that journey myself, I had periods of time where I viewed food differently, or I placed too much importance on food. And, you know, I'm really glad that I've been able to shift my perspective from being really, really food focused to really like now I just focus on being happy and healthy from the inside out. And I am a competitor. I am a professional competitor. So there are seasons of my life where I do have to focus on that and it becomes a main focus of my life, you know, um, but that's not for the normal person. Um, it's really just for the competitor where they have a season where they have to focus on that. And I think even in that, it's so important to have the awareness that food should never be an obsession 
food should never be the number one thing in your life. And if it ever starts to get that way, just to raise your awareness and then raise your hand to your coach or to whoever you have in your corner and be like, Hey, I'm noticing that I'm placing too much importance on food. I'm noticing that I'm feeling guilt towards food. I'm noticing that I'm feeling, you know, and just really being open about sharing those feelings that you're having in regards to food, because in the fitness industry and the health industry, and even just in general, I think it's something that a lot of people experience. So I guess my message just on this in general would be don't experience what you're experiencing alone. Tell someone about it, open up about it. Don't be afraid to do that. And if you need to seek out professional or extra help, then absolutely do that. But just know that you're not weird and it's not something that other people haven't experienced. Cause I think sometimes people can think that they're weird or they're alone in their experience and you're not. Like there's always someone who has been there who has gone through it. So never feel shame because shame will keep you quiet. It'll keep you isolated, um, but just, be, be vulnerable with someone that you can be vulnerable with and then seek out that help because I think a healthy relationship with food, with yourself, with, you know, everything in your life should be the goal. So always really just have your awareness to say something's off, something's not healthy and I need to seek out help in this way. Thank you for saying that. I think so many people will benefit, especially with the honesty piece, because I think after you do, you know, maybe work with a professional and get, you know, these aspects of healing, I think sometimes you expect yourself to be 100% past any possible thought or feeling of guilt and all that stuff. And some of those feelings I think are based in the past and past emotions. And some of it are just part of our, you know, human associations that we have. Um, so I think you're so right that those things just really do thrive in shame and being able to work with someone. If you are working with the coach that you can, you know, share those things with and not feel like it's going to make them judge you. It's their job, you know, to support. So I think that's super helpful. And how, for someone that has had a history, let's say with disordered eating and is now stepping into this empowering um, place of pursuing their fitness goals? Like, I guess what your tips are based on your experience for not, I guess, falling back into old habits. Yeah, that's so great. Um, so I think like I was mentioning, the number one thing is just having an awareness to like the second that it starts to go down the unhealthy pattern, you know? So meaning like the second that you're in the kitchen and all of a sudden, for some reason, you're feeling the need to eat like four spoonfuls of peanut butter when like, that's just like an overindulgence, right? So maybe you're not like totally going disordered eating or anything like that, but maybe you're just noticing like, oh, I'm, I'm having this like little bit of an urge to do this and then getting honest, opening up to somebody, but then also asking why. And I think a lot of people fail to do, to do that, to ask the why, because sometimes what I've noticed in my life is that I'm not really like an emotional eater, if anything, like if I'm sad, I don't really want to eat. But I did notice that if I have a lot of anxiety in my life, that's where I'll sometimes go into like anxious eating. And so what I've been able to do to stop that is anytime that I recognize, like I'll ask myself, like, why am I eating right now? And I'm like, oh, I'm actually anxious because there's a conversation that I need to have with somebody that I'm putting it off, you know, like there's something that was left unsaid, or there's something that's like not finished or not complete. And so really just raising your awareness to be hyper aware to when you're stepping into just the first step of that pattern. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I think it comes, it comes back to the being intentional piece about, you know, being intentional with yourself, asking yourself the hard questions that maybe you don't want to answer that you have to have that conversation, but 
if, if you want, like we said, living in alignment with your goals, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to face the hard questions and be uh, intentional with every choice we make. And it's going back to, like we said before, about making the green light and red light choices, just yeah. continuing to be intentional. And I think my question is like, once you, once you realize that, once you take on that sort of lifestyle, you're able to put things that were in the past, in the past, and you want to live an intentional life. What do you, what would you say are like the building blocks for long-term change? Because I think sometimes like someone might hear this podcast and then like start being really intentional and do red light, green light all the time and set goals for themselves. But it's very easy for that to be short-term. So what do you believe really helps those things to be sustainable long-term? I think the number one piece of advice is that every day is day one and every day is your only shot. Cause I actually believe that I don't expect to wake up tomorrow. If I wake up in my beautiful bed, which I love so comfortable, <laughs> I'm like, I act surprised. I'm like, Oh, I get to do it again. Like, Dope. You know? And uh, I've, you know, I've lost a lot of people in my life ever since I was young. I've just known loss so well. And so that's been such a really good lesson in my life because I'm so hyper aware that like life isn't promised and that it doesn't always go on for forever. And it was a lot of like sudden death or young death or freak accident type of death that I've experienced. And so by experiencing that, I just have such a different appreciation for life and such a different awareness that like, it is our only shot. This is our only shot right now. And like the more present that you can get and the more that you can tell yourself, this is the only day that I have. If you could do that and really cultivate a one day at a time mindset, dude, you're going to get so much further than, than you've ever been in your life. Mm-hmm. I think that ties into about what you're talking before with potential. Like it's so much less paralyzing in a way. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> right? Like it just like break. It's so much less paralyzing than you're like, I, instead of like, I have all this time and I need to like live up to my potential now and blah, blah. It's like that totally just rang super true for me. Oh my gosh. That's so true. I wish I could have told myself that yesterday morning, but right. I, I did have a friend. So I was talking about that one friend. I had a friend that looked at me and like spit some truth at me and I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got it. No. Cause like we all like, no matter how much work you do on yourself or how long you've been doing this, we all go have days like that. We have days where we get crazy on our head. We have days, you know, so like having that, you know, just someone that, you know, is kind of on the same wavelength as you, same mindset to be able to speak into your life is so impactful. And that's why I also, I try to treat every interaction like this might be the last one, because if I have the opportunity to speak life into somebody, I feel like it's my duty and my purpose to do so. So even if it's like a regular conversation, it's like, if I see the opportunity in the conversation, like I notice, oh, they seem a little discouraged or they seem a little disappointed. If I notice that, bro, you better believe I'm showing up for them. You know, like I'm going in, I'm going to speak life into you. I'm going to give you that, like, you know, um, I was trying to think of what, 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 what are they called whenever you like resuscitate somebody? Oh, oh, <laughs> like, a, oh you God. know, uh, it's like when someone's having a heart attack. And Large, you, clear. Yeah, yeah, clear. <laughs> I don't know what they're called, but yeah, we know. Which clear, clear. Clear. <laughs> clear. Yeah, absolutely. Emily, this has been so wonderful. 
you have given us so many amazing tangible tips and tools that I know so many people are going to walk away with. We just have two little last questions for you before we let you go. We ask this to all our guests. Has there been any resource in your life that has helped guide you through your 20s thus far? Now that you're at the very end. I could not imagine going through what I went through without God, without my relationship to God and journeying down my own individual relationship with him, you know, because it's so much more than what people think. What I've discovered in my own individual walk is that there's so much more than we have any idea or any clue of. And it's so much better and it's so good and it's so life-giving and it's so fulfilling. It's the most fulfilling thing in the entire world. I could have nothing else. I could have nothing else in this life except a relationship and the voice of God in my ear. And I would be fully fulfilled for the rest of my life. So if I were to give any advice to people in their 20s, especially like my younger 20 year old self, I'd be like, go down this journey sooner and with more intention because, you know, it's a journey and every day it's going to look different. And, you know, you're going to experience what you're going to experience. But like, this is just the best relationship that I've ever had in my entire life. And I couldn't imagine doing it without him. So my number one resource, my number one like guidance and direction is my relationship with God. Thank you for sharing. And um, where can people find you? So if they want to work with you, if they want to find the podcast, any of the things that you want to plug. Thank you. Um, I think the best thing is just to go to my Instagram at Emily Hayden. You can find me on YouTube, Emily Hayden Fitness uh, Podcast, The Evolve with Emily Show. I usually have all my links um, everywhere. You could also just Google. <laughs> Google's a great resource. Everybody. <laughs> We're talking a lot about Google. We love Google here. <laughs> Google. <laughs> Incredible. Thank you so much, Emily. This was so wonderful. And we really appreciate you coming on the show. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. And I love what you guys are doing. I love your brand. And I love that you guys are so passionate about pouring into people in some of the most transformative years of their lives. So for everyone that's listening, make sure that you're subscribed to their show. Make sure that you support them with their merch. I've seen your merch. It's amazing. I love it. Um, and support these girls every way that you can, because you guys are just, you're, you're doing a lot and you're creating such impact and such change. And the world more than ever needs people like you that are so willing to show up with your full-time jobs and doing a podcast and just everything that you're doing. So I just wish the best for you girls. I'll stay connected with you girls. And um, yeah, everyone listening, make sure that you support them as much as you can. Oh, that means the world to us. Thank you so, <laughs> so, so much, Emily. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.